Welcome to the Open Door Podcast. Uh, my name's John, one of the pastors of the Open Door, and today we all get the treat of hearing our new co-pastor, uh, Cheryl Kellop, give her first sermon um, as our pastor. She preached a couple weeks ago, um, but that was before we had like officially brought her in, and now six weeks later... Um, she is our new pastor, and I'm so excited and happy to have her alongside me um, in serving the Open Door Church as pastors. Um, without further ado, here's the sermon that she preached today. Um, and this is uh, the Garfield Community Farm version. We've never done this before, but this is the sermon that she preached outdoors in our um in-person worship at Garfield Community Farm. So you'll have the joy of being able to hear the birds singing and probably kids making noise and adults do uh, in person at the farm this morning. Um, I hope you continue your conversations after worship. Uh, I'm, I feel sad to break that up. It's an important and holy part of worship to um, be with one another and to listen to one another. Um, our lesson today comes from Mark 5, 21 through 43. Um, and it follows, uh, this is lectionary, so it follows exactly after uh, the, the passage that John preached on last Sunday. Um, so listen for the word of the Lord. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell to his feet and begged him repeatedly, my daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her so she may be made well and live. So he went to them, and a large crowd followed and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and, and she was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed from her disease. Immediately aware of the power that had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace 
and be healed from your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. He, he allowed no one to follow him except for Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. When they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. When he entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? This child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said, Talitha, kum, which means little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk. She was about 12 years of age. At this, they were overcome by amazement. He strictly ordered them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for meeting us in this hot space. May we hear your words of grace. May we know of your presence and of your love and speak to our speak your truth. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy in your sight, our rock and redeemer. Amen. Your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. It says I should say that three times, but I'm only going to say it twice. This is just such an utterly complicated statement from Jesus. In one sense, Jesus is uplifting this woman who has suffered at the hands of ignorant cultural practices. While everyone saw her as someone as unclean to be avoided, Jesus claimed her as someone with tremendous faith. On the other hand, is Jesus saying our faith can make us well? I thought the only one true healer and redeemer was, uh, was in the world was God. Now then, is Jesus saying to this woman that she can heal herself? What about those who don't get healed? What about those who continue to suffer? Perhaps my suspicion of this text is, is the hearing and experiencing of its misinterpretation. In college, in, uh, in my early 20s, a close friend of mine lived with and eventually died of cancer. And it was not uncommon um, for her to hear the phrase from her Christian brothers and sisters, just have faith, just have faith and it will all work out. Just have faith and God will heal you. It wasn't necessarily the words themselves that irritated my friend who was suffering. It was the tone and the thinking that was trying to elicit. They wanted my young friend to stay positive, to not complain too much, 
and definitely don't question God why. That is truly a misinterpretation of faith. Faith is not about having a cheery disposition. Our faithful brother Job, after the destruction of his home, land, and family, asks God why. Heck, the whole book of Lamentations, questions about pain and asking God why God would let his people go into exile. Through these witnesses of scripture, we know that having faith is not about just staying positive and blind trust. The scripture also shows us that faith is not about having a superior cognitive understanding. It's not about being smarter than everyone else. In the scripture, where we read about the hemorrhaging woman and that her faith made her well, we know in the scope of this narrative that standing right next to Jesus is a well-respected rabbi. By all outward appearances, the person of faith in this narrative should be the rabbi. By all outward appearances, the, uh, we know that he knows scripture, that he probably knew most of the, the texts that we often read and memorize. He knows all the rituals and the meanings behind those rituals. And he, he spent most of his life studying the Holy Creator. Yet the hemorrhaging woman that stands before Jesus is the one that is declared having faith. If faith isn't about staying cheery, and it's not about being the smartest person in the room, then what is faith? Before we answer that question, I wanna step back for a second and look at Mark and his way of telling stories. Throughout the Gospel of Mark, we often find the interactions of Jesus the actions of Jesus put in a very intentional order. He usually puts one story and then another story is sandwiched in it. And this, this is a great example. So we have the story of the healing of this young girl and then sandwiched in the middle of that is this hemorrhaging woman. And by intertwining these stories, in many ways, it's, it's commenting on one another. Within this one sort, short section, Jesus heals a woman deemed by the world as unclean and a young girl who's wealthy and from a well-established family, and doing so claims both of them, both of them as God's beloved. And the thing I also uh, appreciate about Mark is his use of time. There's always this urgency oftentimes, but yet in this passage, Jesus takes time to figure out who it was that touched his cloak. He stopped and he talked to her and called her daughter. And then in the midst of that, someone approaches and says, Rabbi, don't bother the teacher any longer. Your daughter's already gone. It's too late. You can imagine that rabbi standing there anxious and, and twitching back and forth. Why are we spending this time on this woman when my daughter is about to die? And I've felt that before. I've felt that twitching and uncertainty. Why isn't God acting now? And um, what God does, God is still able to work within this time frame. And then I think an interesting part about this is, if you notice, the rabbi asked Jesus 
to lay his hands on his daughter to heal her. And Jesus doesn't even heal the young girl as the rabbi asked. In the passage, he took her hand and led her to life. He didn't lay hands on her. Oftentimes, God doesn't work in the time frames or in the ways we desire or want. Yet God indeed comes and redeems God's people. Um, it may not be in our terms or in our time, but indeed God is a divine actor who wipes away every tear and casts away all suffering and shame. For this, we consider God faithful. We use that language sometimes, God is faithful. But sometimes I honestly find myself shying away from those words. God is faithful. Because we shy away from claiming that truth often because when we're talking about it, we're worried about the people in our world or in our city that, or the people sitting next to us that God is not healing in this moment that feel alone and wonder where or who is God. We're worried about how um, God is faithful will sound to those people. Our society often finds every possible avenue to blame the sad, the sick, the poor for their own suffering. And, and the Church of Jesus Christ should not participate in that societal habit. But I think it's an uh, I think it's a mistake to avoid the proclamation that God is faithful. By saying God is faithful, we're not saying that God purposely is neglecting you, but rather by proclaiming a faithful God, we're declaring that God's work is not done. God will set God's people free, will heal all wounds, and will reconcile all people. That time has just not yet come, but God's faithfulness is sure. Throughout the Old Testament, again and again, we read of prophets and faithful people proclaiming that God created this world. God delivered God's people out of Egypt, and God calmed the storm and raised kings and prophets. There's that consistent reminder because we need to remember that God was faithful. And God will be faithful, for God's healing will come. Now we come back to this looming question. What is faith? That Jesus deemed this hemorrhaging woman as a person of faith. As you, many of you might know, this woman was considered unclean in, in Jewish practices. If a woman was deemed as unclean, they were not to be touched. or you. Um, to be unclean, you were stripped of what makes you human, of considered less than. They were no longer sister, mother, or daughter. They were a person that no longer loved or experienced love, but rather ate, breathed, and took up space. Now the scripture says, because she heard of Jesus, she went to him. Now I hear about a lot of people, but I don't run off and go touch their clothes. I don't break every social taboo. But there was something about Jesus that prompted her to do exactly that. I believe hearing who he was gave her hope. 
Hope that she wouldn't have to live this way forever. Hope that she could be recognized as a person, a person who suffered, a person who yearns to be loved and recognized as human. And in Jesus, she knew this is not what God intended for God's people. God does not desire that his daughter should walk this earth in shame. For in Jesus Christ, there is hope. That is, that's why she went to him. Her faith was recognizing that something was not right. It should not be this hard. This is not fair. Her faith was seeking out something different, was seeking out change and hope. And Jesus turned around and took her hands and called her daughter and reclaimed her part of the living, part of God's people. She had faith because she knew the way she was living was not the way God desired. So to you all who may be feeling like the hemorrhaging woman, suffering and alone, know this, faith is not about keeping up appearances or having a positive attitude. Faith is not knowing all the things. It's about hoping for and trusting in what is possible through God. It is okay to recognize you've had a bad day or week or month or year because we worship a God who is present. And certainly suffering is not what God intended for any of God's people. Know that you are not alone. You have a community that here is here to pray for you, uphold you in those dark nights. For that is what we're called to do as a faith community. Brothers and sisters, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed or as big as, an, as a mountain, know that God is leading you and this community to great things. Jesus took those hands of that hemorrhaging woman and called her daughter. He took the hand of that little girl and guided her from death. God is leading us, leading us towards new life where loneliness and death no longer define who we are. We are instead a people living into the new possibilities that God is creating. God's deliverance doesn't always happen in the time or in the way we want it to, but God is indeed faithful. Let us now proceed in faith. Amen. Thanks for listening into the podcast today of our worship service, or the sermon from our worship service, at least um, from this past Sunday. And really glad to have you. We'd love to have you come out to the farm for worship. Uh, we're doing that all summer long, nine o'clock at Garfield Community Farm. You can also listen into our live stream via Zoom. Um, you can get details for that at pghopendoor.net. As always, our music live or on the podcast uh, is uh, from within. And this song is called Take Me Down by John and Alyssa Creasy. That's me and my wife, Alyssa, and uh, our band, This Side of the 
check it out at thisideofeve.com.